boys and girls, Diamond Time is here. That's right, we're talking about Predator on Kill by Kill. Well, greetings and salutations, Internet. It's your old pal, Patrick Hamilton, coming to you once again from the deadly jungles of 1980s Central America. This is the Kill by Kill podcast where we are dedicated to celebrating the least discussed component of any horror film, the characters. Now we're going to unpack all the gun blastinous details of 1987's Predator in the hopes that a uh, a mercenary's untimely end is just the beginning of the jokes that we might make at their expense. And as always, there's only one person I trust that when she says, come here, I won't be stabbed in the back. She'll be stabbing a scorpion off of me. The one, the only, Gina Radcliffe. How are you doing today, Gina? Anytime. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I'm trying to get my Billy laugh in there. <laughs> it's like something out of a video game. <laughs> Everybody, the Billy is just out of a video game. He's <laughs> like he's like a, he's like a he's like a second tier character in in, in Super Punch Out. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem wrong to be honest with you. Um, oh my god, what a motion picture! But we'll get into it. I don't I don't want to alarm you. Uh, those sounds you hear in the background uh, mean that we're not alone in this jungle. That's right. We have a special guest. You know her as one of the hosts of Let's Get Weirding, a dude podcast. And of course, as a returning champion to Kill by Kill, the one, the only Megan Sunday. How are you doing today, Megan? I am doing fantastic. <laughs> now, you are the, you have many loves in your life. Obviously, Dune is amongst them. Um, you love the weirdest sides of the internet, but amongst those loves would be a little boy we like to call Predator. It's true. It's true. Yes. And all of his buddies. <laughs> all his nicest friends. Um, when, when did you first encounter Predator? Oh my gosh. Probably, probably as a kid, I feel like it's, it's one of those movies that was always on TBS sure yeah and you know i think my dad would leave it on and then i would watch it and mm-hmm. it just became one of those it's uh it's a, such a great background movie right like, i've got stuff to do i'm gonna put predator on it's not like it's got plot developments that are gonna rock yeah, once your you've mind seen like it, it's a pretty straight line you're kind of like i know what's happening in predator right now yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh, they're blowing up a camp. Okay, that's the end of Act One. <laughs> the it's, the end of Commando is the end of Act One of Predator. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can't. You're not. You're not missing a lot. And when they try in later movies, be like, now we're putting some plot in. Like, no, shh. No. Predator. Where's a predator? No, 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 no. Don't don't you visit your mandible lips. Just give me action, please. Just gonna put my finger right there, but not too close because I don't want to touch that. Yeah. <laughs> imagine, imagine like variation on that uh, that let people like things cartoon where you just kind of like squishing together the uh, <laughs> oh, the predator's mandibles, like, like the whole face, just like I don't actually know which part I'm doing here. Ooh. Please, if you're a listener to the show and you know how to draw things, can you recreate let people like things? <laughs> only the person is shushing the predator. We need this. 
we need this. My kingdom for this. Uh, Gina, uh, when did you first encounter our sweet boy predator? Uh, I think this was uh, this was like a cable hit for me. I did mm. not see this in the theater. Uh, this was in the golden era of Commando, Cobra, of uh, Terminator. So you know, cable was pr- probably at its peak. Yes, during mm-hmm. this point, you know the the eight eighty six to nineteen ninety era. So th- these were again uh, uh, much like the Beastmaster era. You know, if you came across it and it was on, you left it on mm-hmm. and you watched that whole thing <laughs> from right. beginning to end. You watch that thing you know, from halfway through to end for the last forty five minutes to the end. But if you sure. stumbled across Predator, you sat there and you watched it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I now I did watch this in the theater. Um, it it was a process. Uh, I, we had to convince the guy because we were turned away from the uh, from the ticket place for being too young. So we had to find somebody who was also seeing Predator of age who would buy tickets for all of us. Uh, and we duped some dude, and he bought us tickets to Predator. Uh, at the AMC 10, the theater that no longer exists in its current, in the, that form, it's now a parking lot, um, when the new AMC moved across the street. And um, it blew my fucking mind. It was everything I ever wanted. It was aliens, but different. Um, I, this is, what I love about Predator is that it's everything that you we all say we don't like <laughs> in a lot of modern movies. It's a hybrid. It's a man on a mission war film. It's a seven samurai collection of skilled characters, action adventure. It's a most dangerous game thriller. It's three days of the condor political mystery. It's a sci-fi monster flick and it's a slasher film with its own killer POV style and gore. Now, if you, I said, oh, this is coming out. You're like, oh, that's going to be terrible. No one can balance that much. And Predator is one of the few films that can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting that you that you mentioned all the different genres it, it touches upon. Because most people would just consider, oh, it's a monster movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is. It's a great but- monster movie. But it has all these other elements that are threaded through it. And so they kind of bounce off of one another in a very interesting way. It all boils down to jungle survival, but all these other things do make appearances. They influence the plot. You, If you knew nothing going into it, I think you might be genuinely surprised when it becomes the movie that it ends up becoming. Mm-hmm. Sort, of, sort of like uh, what happened later with... Um I told my story about uh, from dusk till dawn. Yes, yeah. uh, about about going to see it with a group of friends, and uh, you know, a half hour go, goes in, and you know, no vampires show up, <laughs> and 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 my friend angrily leans over and says, "I thought you said this is a vampire movie," <laughs> and I'm just like, uh, "It said it was." You know? <laughs> Maybe we walked into the wrong theater. I mean, the title card said from dusk till dawn, and Robert Rodriguez, who is you know, went on to direct Predators with a dollar sign. Um, (laughs) On the special features that are on my disc, he name checks Predator as one of the reasons he was like, I know I can do Dust Tilt On because it's the same sort of thing. You think it's one movie and then it becomes a different movie. Now, 
he admits that From Dust Till Dawn takes a harder turn. But if you don't know it going into it, you would be perfectly satisfied with the action-adventure movie it is until it becomes this other film. And, uh, you know, I think that's a, a very rare bird. There's, there's only so many movies that have been able to accomplish that sort of thing. I, I would probably count, Gina, your beloved An American Werewolf in London as one of those films that's able to walk the tightrope. Oh, certainly, yeah. Um, so before we get too far, let's talk about a little bit of the history of Predator. It uh, was a script that was originally titled Hunter by brothers Jim and John Thomas. Um, they were not particularly uh, successful at the time they wrote this. They actually snuck onto the Fox lot on Pico and slipped it under the door of a development exec. Um, and from there, it was read uh, and pass on up the line. They stated uh, in interviews that they were inspired to write this because there was a joke after Rocky Four came out that uh, Rocky Balboa had defeated every fighter on Earth, so the only contenders left would be from outer space. And they're like, all right, <laughs> it's funny, but there's a movie there. So uh, the script gets to a guy named Michael Levy, at, at Fox. He would end up being Fox's sort of predator, you know, the, the holder of the mantle of predator as it would continue on. But he brings on John Davis, who is a producer on Commando, to develop the property. So Davis then goes out to Joel Silver and Lawrence Gordon. They bring in Arnold. They had all worked on Commando together. And then the four of them decide on John McTiernan as the man to direct this picture. John McTiernan, whose only previous film up until this point was a supernatural horror film called Nomads. And I know I've seen this film and I can't remember a fucking thing about it beyond the fact that Remington Steele has a beard. That's it. <laughs> I remember it existing, mm -hmm. but but I could not tell you the, the plot or anything like that. Like, I, I, didn't, re I didn't even remember that Remington Steele had a beard in it. <laughs> <laughs> He's on the cover. It's a very painted cover, and he's running like, oh, no, uh, Nomads is after me. And you're like, I don't know what the <laughs> fuck that is. <laughs> I love when and movies it, do that, when they're like, here is this horror. What? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't know why they thought the horror crowd would be go, oh, my God, if you get Remington Steele in a movie and with a beard, because then he'll look really different. Uh, they'll come and see it in droves, and they did not. But for whatever reason, everyone seemed to think, all right, this guy has got it. And it's true. McKiernan would go on to direct some absolutely insanely good motion pictures. And he has a few truly unfathomable flops. Like, if you have ever seen the remake of Rollerball, um, I'm sorry. And if you haven't, by by God and heaven's decree, do not. It is bad. Um, I, I like I like to think that that uh, sort of you know delayed reaction killed James Caan. May he rest in peace. <laughs> yes, it's quite like fun. he does. He just he just does. He just discovered that there was a remake of Rollerball. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> they did what now? <laughs> it was who from American Pie? Oh. Drop dead. <laughs> Now, okay. anyway, yeah. 
So here's the other thing about John McKiernan, which makes him a little bit difficult. We'll kind of like uh, get off of him because the other component to McTiernan, beyond the fact that he, you know, directed Die Hard after this, and also also the Thomas Crown Affair, which the remake, a, a good remake, like a truly good film. I suggest with, with everyone Pierce, watch the Pierce original Brosnan and again. the remake. They're sexy. Pierce Brosnan but, without a beard. Mm-hmm. Yes. This one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, here's the deal. He also lied to the FBI and then they told him, please stop lying to us. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. I'm going to tell you some more lies. Like it won't come back to burn me. And then he went to jail for a while. Um, he was lying for Anthony Pelicano, who's a LA, uh, fixer slash PI. Uh, he was a terrible man and not particularly sure why he thought he could get away with it, but he absolutely thought he did. And then he didn't. And now he don't direct no more. I think he's done some stuff for TV, but he shot his reputation to hell. And, um, for, uh, gross reasons, he's, he's, it turned out he was kind of a gross. So that being said, uh, he directs, the hell out of this motion picture. He stays with the human characters. He is trying to let them reveal themselves, even though they are dressed in camo to blend into the background. Um, everything about this movie is fucking amazing. It was, it was filmed in Mexico in real jungles, but they could not figure out how to make the jungle actually translate on film because it was so dense. So basically they would edit down branches so that you would have a foreground and a background and they would bring in large fake trees and shit like that. And as a result, it does make for a very interesting palette. You, there's always something in front of you. There's always something behind it. And when they did it in 3d, when they post converted it to 3d, it fucking worked because it's lensed that well. I didn't know that about the, the just, you know, putting in fake trees. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know that. Anytime you see a giant tree, that giant tree is fake. Um, is the sweat real? The tree, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Give me that. Unlike Give the giant, that. unlike the giant tree in commando that stands in for Arnold Schwarzenegger's penis. Um, these <laughs> giant trees are, are for visual enjoyment. Um, stand in and, in. Yeah. Um, most of the filming locations that they found in Mexico, uh, were all on hills. So everything you're seeing is basically heading downhill or heading uphill. There's a tension to everything. The cameramen are trying to keep balance. The actors are trying to keep balance. And I think it translates. Everyone is unmoored once they discover that they're not in control of the situation anymore. It just translates. From the moment you hit the jungle, the camera never stops fucking moving and it's focused on the character's emotional reactions to whatever they're coming across, whether or not it's, I don't believe the CIA agent or the jungle has come alive and killed my friend. You don't know if it's the camera moving to tell you something or the predator's POV. So all of it, it, I don't think this is a particularly scary, scary movie. But it is an unnerving motion picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that. It's uh, the issue with a movie like please. this is that it's hard to come across as sc- 
scary because one, you kind of can tell it's going to happen in most of this. I mean, you know, people are going to get blown up. Like, right. like this is what's <laughs> happening. But sure. then it doesn't, it, it's certainly not a, a movie that has lingering fear. Like I don't worry that there's a predator outside my window right now. Right. Yes. <laughs> I considered showing this to Oliver just because they can't fit under the they can't fit under the bed. They're too big. No. They're too big. They can't hide <laughs> in my big. closet. They're too tall. <laughs> yeah. Uh they're not gonna hide in your neighborhood. That's just not really the way it works. And that's part of the problem when we get to Predator 2 is that oh um it's, He's just hanging uh, out. the tension isn't quite there. That's just that's uh Predator 2, Predator in the City. Yeah, that's right. Um, I, I do like how in Predator Two, like like this the scene where they're like where Danny Glover's chasing him through like the apartment building, it sort of reminds me of the scene in uh, Ghostbusters where um, the, the, the 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 possessed dogs escape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 like and like uh, uh, one of them in the hallway, and the old lady comes out. She's like, "Oh, yeah, yeah." Back <laughs> in her I just sort of feel like that that's very, very similar, possibly intentionally in Predator 2. Yes. That's who I would I be agree. in any of these situations. Like, I don't know what you're doing out <laughs> Open there. Open the door, look outside. Locking my door. Uh, you know, like you've you've gone for an Airbnb palapa in the Central American, you know, area and you come out for your morning cafe and you see a predator jumping from treetop to treetop and you're like, not today. And right back inside you go. Like, I am not armed. I am going back inside. We are cool, <laughs> you and me. You do what you have to do. Yeah. This is your own business. Uh, and this this movie, like so many of the ones that we've talked about, is a bit of a miracle. Because this has a bit of jaws going on. Because the shark was not working. The original Predator design came from McTiernan's camp. It's kind of an insectoid-looking thing with backward legs. It's, um, how can I put this politically? Lame. It's fucking lame. <laughs> and this movie would have bombed hard if that original design ended up seeing the light of day. Uh, even worse, the suit that they used to create the stealth look Um, was created of red foam because the sky was blue and the jungle was green. So they knew they would pick up the exact opposite from red. But this giant foamy red lobster suit had one hidden facet to it. And that was the the muscles from Brussels himself, Jean-Claude Van Damme inside it, who ended up grumbling his ass off because no one could see his face or his fighting style in this red foamy lobster costume. And so luckily for everyone involved, uh, the production uh, ran out of its $50 million budget and they had to go back to Hollywood and he created an assembly cut of what he had. And you're like, this is great. You know, Fox is thrilled and like, so where's the monster? And he shows them the monster and like, Oh, fuck. (laughs) We're fucked. Everyone, I've seen the Predator monster. He's terrible. He's fucking terrible. So everyone, like, uh, Schwarzenegger's like, I have just the guy for the job. And he calls up Stan Winston. And Stan Winston's like, yeah, yeah, I'll I'll take that gig. But I'm flying, I'll design something. I'm flying to Japan 
uh, for the Japanese premiere of Aliens. So when I get back, I'll show you what I got. So he's on the plane. Who's sitting next to him? Why, it's the director of Alien Dollar Sign himself, James Cameron. And James Cameron looks at what he's drawing with the with the the dreadlocks and the mask. He's like, "What's under the mask?" He's like, "I mm, I'm not sure yet." And he goes, "You know what you should do? You should uh, it should have mandibles, giant mandibles." I always wanted to have a monster with mandibles. And Stan Winston's like, "Oh, that's silly. Add mandibles." <laughs> <laughs> And lo and behold, he creates one of the greatest monster designs of all fucking time mm-hmm. with James Cameron. Just, just, wear, just, just wearing a, a, a mesh shirt like he's going clubbing later. <laughs> you have to understand, has, Gina, that that's yeah. armor. <laughs> time out. The mesh shirt is armor from what? Uh, like rave drugs? I don't pretend to understand their culture, but I know that that's armor. <laughs> okay. Oh, I guess it's supposed to be like poorly made chain mail or something. Kind of, yeah. Uh, okay. I think it kind of makes like a field. Oh, okay. Sure. Because he's got little, he's got lots of gadgets. He's got a lot of forearm gadgets. Predators have so, so maybe much it's stuff. Got that. They are, right. an, they are a monster with stuff. They are. It, they have uh, all those dreadlocks have little silver things on them. So it's a wonder they don't make a lot of, of noise. And he wears bones for jewelry. Mm-hmm. This is the second time this year, Gina. We're covering a movie yeah. where someone wears bones. Uh, yeah, him, him and Drake. <laughs> yeah, absolutely true. Um, and But why does he clatter? When you, if like you've got bones on you and you're just like jumping from tree to tree, wouldn't that make noise? You'd assume. You would assume. Again, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they Fox sees the designs for this thing and they're like, "All right, this is great, but like it can't be the same size as Jean Claude Van Damme." They're like, no, 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 no. We'll get somebody super, super tall. So they end up getting, and and Winston says, oh, I know exactly the guy. And that person is Kevin Peter Hall, who had played Harry and Harry and the Hendersons. Um, And I think he is another secret weapon of this motion picture because Kevin Peter Hall is an actual performance actor. He can give you body movement that conveys something that is tangible and real. Mm -hmm. He's also nearly seven feet tall. So he fucking towers over a film filled with giant guys. So yeah, he's basically like the eighties answer to Doug Jones. Yes. I, I agree with you 100%. uh, Doug Jones is a perfect uh, one-to-one with him in terms of, he brings character performances to the, you know, when he's seen on screen. He's also in the movies, the helicopter pilot, who's like, oh, fuck, that's a mushroom crowd, a cloud. Uh, just because they had filmed this fucking thing in 115 degree heat in that costume. And they estimated it was probably 126 inside. Um, oh, my God. That is an insane thing to ask somebody to do. But he did it. Um, also, I will correct myself get- really quickly, just before anyone sure. starts tweeting, any predators mm-hmm. start tweeting at us. 
The mesh is part of their armor, but it mo- moderates their body temperature. Oh, okay. Well, well all right. By being all mesh, right. I guess. I by being mesh. Because, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, that's why people wore, wore mesh to nightclubs, too. They I wear, mean, yeah. they wear oh, yeah. it in Antarctica. <laughs> and alien very versus hot, predator, very stuffy. So. Okay. So they, they're still wearing the mesh shirts in Predator Aliens versus Predator? Yes. Yes. What about Aliens versus Predator 2, the only film that doesn't care about plot so much as sound design? Yes. This is what they wear. Yeah. <laughs> this is their whole deal. Uh, yes. Uh, I don't know that I can watch Aliens versus Predator 2 again. I'm not making that promise to anyone uh, about Yeah, I, I watched, I, I went through... Um, Summer 2020, uh, because, you know, we were all bored and stuck at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched all of the Alien and Predator movies and then the Alien and Predator crossovers. The mm-hmm. only one I did not watch was uh, Predators. Uh, <laughs> but okay. I watched the I, like I watched the, 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 the Alien V movies and you know what it's one of those movies there's a you know problems with sequels it's like okay i've seen them i could not tell you even five minutes after i watched them what happened in which movie alien versus predator is a meet cute rom-com yeah alien versus (laughs) predator requiem is nonsense but it has a predalien yeah yeah it has a predalien it's terrible. Um, yeah. It is one of the worst cinematic sins I've ever seen. I was I watched it on the Fox lot for free and still feel like my money was taken from me. <laughs> you could have been doing something else to make money with that. Yes. With that two hours. And I just like rolled out of the office and I'm like, well, they're showing it at 630 for free. And Becky's like, I'll be driving my cell phone. Thank you. <laughs> <I'm> like, <"All> <laughs> She's so wise. And then afterwards, I was like, you made the right choice. So before we get into characters, because there ain't no plot to talk about, uh, we'd like to talk about reactions of a film at its time. And you know who has great takes, everybody? It's Gene Noom the Pop Siskel. <laughs> and he disliked this motion picture intensely. Uh. Uh, the 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 amount of fist shaking I did as I watched his review on YouTube could have powered an engine. Um, he, he at one point he says it's part Rambo, it's part Alien, a combo I'm personally very tired of. Which the fuck you talking about, Gene? How many of these movies have you seen? Part Rambo and part Alien. Name them. Yeah, especially at the time. This is what did it. Yes. What the fuck is he talking about? Aliens? That's one movie. Yeah. Which he didn't like. So fuck yeah, so you, take, Gene. There is only... Take that, take that Gene Herbert Siskel. <laughs> I mean... Gene Roberto Siskel. Fuck off. I'm no one <laughs> to use hyperbole, but this is <laughs> the greatest movie ever made. And the <laughs> only problem with Predator... Is the F slur. That's it. Sure. Yes. And that you just, yes. you know, you just like drink your drink and go. Yes. 1987. Yeah. You know, and you know what you put, you know, but you turn on any movie during the 80s. Exactly. Movies made for children. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, Monster Squad. you want to talk about, you want to talk about movies. Yeah. Monster Squad. You know, come on, get the fuck out of yeah. here. You know, I mean, 
they like, you know, the only word they use more than the F slur is the. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a movie made for literal 12 year olds. Right. But also has the fingerprints of Shane Black. So, all right, we'll Mm -hmm. get to Shane Black. But but let's anger our audience a little bit more. (laughs) Elvis Mitchell, a, a, a reviewer I genuinely like, but here described the film as grisly and dull with few surprises. Really? Okay. Dull? <laughs> a, a dude gets his, you know, his literal skull and spine torn out of his body, and you're going to say that's dull. Yeah. Well, you know, you see any movie, any romantic comedy, that's bound to happen. <laughs> a reviewer from Cinefantastique uh, stated that, quote, the militarized monster movie tires under its own derivative weight. Derivative of what, Gene? Uh, this person was not named Gene, but... <laughs> Let's just assume. Uh, The Los Angeles Times stated that it was, quote, arguably one of the emptiest, feeblest, and most derivative scripts ever made as a major studio movie. Ever. Ever made. And this year, the biggest movie at the box office was Three Men and a Baby. Okay? And this is the emptiest, feeblest, and most derivative scripts ever made by a studio. I fucking... A literal remake. (laughs) A literal French remake with more cocaine than you would think. There's a lot of cocaine involved in that men and baby movie. And that's also Uh, a movie, like Gina was saying, that, I mean, it doesn't have, as far as I recall, any F-slurs. But that's a movie that's kind of made for children that features a mm -hmm. lot of sex. Yes. I remember uh, watching that as a kid and being like, why are all these ladies always at their house? <laughs> but it's about three guys who are so busy fucking, they barely understand that a baby is around. And then when it is, they're like, I don't know how this operates. And one of them comes back in, in the middle of the second act. He's like, why are you keeping this baby around? And like, it's your fucking baby. And it turns out it's not. They can't tell which one of them produced this baby. <sighs> Variety <laughs> said, slightly above average actioner. Oh my so God. That, that was nice. What are these standards? Uh, these yeah, I'll take have? it. Uh, Adam Baker had one of those quotes that just like, this seems like a fucking disease. Uh, unfortunately, special effects have also been substituted for suspense, which is not true. And quote, the early appearance of the predator makes the final gladiatorial conflict predictable. Oh my God. The see-through guy makes what happens at the end when Arnold Schwarzenegger turns into the kid from home alone. That's predictable <laughs> because you saw an invisible alien zap somebody through the head. Like what the fuck movie are these people watching? Well, that was the that's the argument that I had for the people on Twitter who were saying that prey looks unbelievable because people with bows and arrows could fight a predator. Have you seen the movie Predator? (laughs) Literally, the denouement, like one of the reasons he wins is he uses a fucking bow and arrow like he uses a giant log. (laughs) He beats him with wood. Would everyone also, uh, you know, if they have never encountered this creature before, how would they know what can and cannot kill it? Yeah, precisely. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. 
It's um, they don't even and, know they and can pray. kill it until they find the KY jelly. Until <laughs> <laughs> they, they find the uh, the glow stick juice. Glow stick juice. <laughs> Listen, if it if it bleeds glow stick juice, we can freak it, and that's the important part. Jane. <laughs> he drops his little cat in the hat hat. Yeah. <laughs> his candy necklace <laughs> broke. It's all over the place. <laughs> Gotta go to the chill down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. So um the plot is uh that Arnold Schwarzenegger and his and his team of mercenaries uh usually rescue people out of hot zones. And they state very clearly right up front, we don't, we're not used by the government to just go in and kill people. And then the CIA is like, uh-huh. And <laughs> for some reason, Arnold Schwarzenegger's like, uh, I'm not quick on the pickup. So I'm just going to go on this mission that you're paying me to do. Uh, and they go on this mission and it turns out well, that the people they're there to rescue uh, are not there. Uh, weren't the people they were told they were going to be. Half of them are skinned alive. The other half are just shot by Sven Ole Svensson, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's weightlifting buddy. Um, who we last saw in Conan the Barbarian on Patreon. And uh, playing here a Central American general. <laughs> like, of okay. course. I think he's one of the Russians, because of course there's Russians. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he reads super Russian. Yeah. <laughs> well, more than Central America. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, Megan, Megan pointed out to me uh, a tragedy mm-hmm. that uh, among the people who went in before Arnold's team that was killed was one. Jim Hopper. Jim Hopper. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> R.I.P. My husband. <laughs> Sweet sheriff. Jim Hopper. It, it, it's, it's hard for me to talk about this, but, you know, I must <laughs> for Jim. But Jim, did it Jim make Hopper it would never cooler that he's constantly referred to as Hoppa? Hoppa. Jim Hopper would never Hoppa. get killed by a predator because he'd be out of there. <laughs> <laughs> he's got enough going on. <laughs> I mean, I don't know when he like, you know, returns with some sort of like, you know, neither world Russian prison camp. I don't know. Maybe he's ready to fight some predators. Well, he is totally jacked and, and ripped. I don't right like now. it. No, don't no. like it. You don't want it. Dad bod. Yeah. You need him I need the dad bod. Smoking. Yep. I need yep. him. I need him cuddly. Yep. I need him cuddly. <laughs> um, that is the one thing. Um, Ollie, I, 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 a, I showed him Conan the Barbarian, which he totally fucking dug. <laughs> He's like, what is this soup they're making for them with hands? I'm like, I don't know, man. (laughs) Make some horny. Horny hand soup. (laughs) Two, he's like, I want to watch Stranger Things. And a chill went up my back. Because this is a kid who's been real knee deep in Scooby-Doo level scary for a, a while. But... Didn't want to make the leap. And then he's been getting into D&D since mm. the beginning of the year. And, of course, heard through the grapevine that they play D&D on the show. And so he's like, I want to watch it. But we have to watch it in the daytime. So we're up to episode three of the first season. And he's like, is that the upside down? Is it like he knows all the fucking beats yeah. of, the, <laughs> of the show. Yeah, at this point. There's no discovery for him. It's just proving what he's been told. Uh, what were we talking about again? Oh, Jim Hopper. I'm Jim Hopper, my love. 
Um, so they go into this, uh, you know, enemy camp. And like I said before, it's the end of Commando right at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> and they blow the fuck out of so many people. I started to just count people who were on fire. And I stopped <laughs> at 26. <laughs> I, they're, they're very economical because they'll like throw a grenade and take out like six dudes at once. Yes. Oh, yeah. But... As a screenwriting technique, it's one thing for him to come in and class somebody in a high five and go, you son of a bitch. And you're like, okay. <laughs> he's like super jacked, but he's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like I knew that beforehand. But you're told like they're the best of the best. And then they come into the place where they're outnumbered a hundred to one and they blow the fuck out of these people. It is a wild eight minute orgy of violence. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. And then it turns out it was all for nothing. <laughs> it's it like, all for nothing. it's like that similar scene in the suicide squad. <laughs> like, oops. Yes. Oh, darn. I, yeah. Gun gets it. <laughs> Gun gets it. I think he's the other person who can kind of, you know, uh, run that tightrope of things, and he's about the only one I can accept pulling off a predator level whammy on you these days. They could put a predator um, in Peacemaker. Sure, absolutely. Predator's put been predator. everywhere. Like, predator met, wor- yeah. met Archie. It, there was a whole Predator versus Batman, or Batman versus Predator. I'm sorry. My apologies to Mr. Wayne. He had the top billing. Yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna call you. He's gonna have his people call you. But Batman also met the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm. He's a bit of a Scooby-Doo himself. I mean, so is the Predator at this point. (laughs) It's true. Lord love him. (laughs) That's why I have high hopes for Prey. I think Mm -hmm. Prey looks good. I hope it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So let's talk about our characters in the order in which they die. Oh, my God. It's a regular kill-by-kill episode all of a sudden. Let's talk about our good friend Hawkins played by Shane Blank, who is uncredited here as uh, rewriting the film, although the plot pretty much stayed the same. He just rewrote a lot of dialogue on set. Um, Did he uh, tell me, did he write his character's jokes? (laughs) (laughs) I believe, I believe he did write his character's jokes or at least pulled them out of a large joke book. Um, Yes. About his girlfriend's large vagina. Yeah. So many. The pussy jokes are a bit much, but... (laughs) That does bring us to a segment. Which pussy joke is better? Um, The echo joke? Or what is the first one in the helicopter? Uh, The, 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 like little pussy. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Mine's as big as a house. And everybody just like blink, blink. I don't get it. (laughs) I mean. Which is is interesting because I actually like that one. I think that's the one. See, you're you're voting the play on words rather than yes. the yeah, okay. Yeah, the echoing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Megan, what's a you? I'm gonna go with the echo one. I think it's a little, you know, you gotta think about it a little more. You do when we've done we've we've talked for a while now. You've always had a little Billy in you in that at a certain point, you'd probably strip down, run a machete across your chest and like, I'm going to take on this alien myself. I, I didn't know where you were going with that. <laughs> uh, 
um, the, the same place Billy does on the giant log yeah, in the middle then, of the jungle. And, saying, and, then, and then realize immediately I've made a huge mistake. Yeah, this is a terrible idea. <laughs> uh, but we'll get to Billy. Um, let's talk uh, Hawkins. Um, so, yeah, he definitely did polishes on the dialogue. Speaking of Billy, he writes one of my favorite Shane Black uh, exchanges um when when uh who is the character who says it it is poncho uh says oh you know what do you mean you're afraid billy you ain't afraid of no man and billy turns him and says what's out there ain't no man that's that's a foot that's a good fucking line yes. we're all if gonna i wrote die. that fucking line i would not write for the rest of the day i'd just be happy with that <laughs> you know what else you know what else is a good line yeah, is uh, when when uh, when Max stabs that scorpion, mm-hmm. and uh, and and Carl Weathers is like, "Thanks," like just like you know, like fuck you, fuck you, man, for saving me from being stung by a scorpion. And Max, like, Max, who who from the minute we see him, just on you know, just hanging onto his sanity by a thread. Yes, before like anything even starts going down, oh he's just like Any, he's just like anytime, which is which is become a running gag with me and my ex-husband for years it still is like like you know oh hey thanks for taking care of that thing for me anytime <laughs> but but because it becomes a really creepy thing because you you realize oh the predator has the ability to kind of almost like record like the voices it hears and and uses it to trick people yeah which is which is you know that's a creepy little thing that it can do mm-hmm. yes it's it's a really fun trick and several films have tried that sort of thing since, and it never quite works as well as it does in the original predator. Um, it's, it's fun it, because it, 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 it also, the, it also, that scene also, it was a nice scene of, you know, okay, how big is this thing that we're dealing with? Yeah. Because, you know, you see like this kind of, you know, smallish, but still, you know, you know, considerably sized scorpion that, that uh, Mac has caught. And that's just this little, little blip on the, on the, 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 the predator's massive hand. Yeah. <laughs> this giant mitts. Um, yeah. Surprised he didn't eat it's it. Nuts. Frankly. <laughs> Who's to say he didn't, you like, know, maybe he put it in a satchel for later. Yeah. He's got so what many pouches. What does predator eat? Uh, what does he eat? I'm pretty sure they eat meat. I'm pretty, as, as a study, as a biologist. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, he does skin them, so I mean, he must do something. Well, with, those like, are for the, trophies. Uh, like this is yes. so the movie open. I'm just gonna. I'm pitching the movie. The movie opens with a spaceship, uh-huh. and you see like the little like pod go down to Earth, which I half yes. like because it's like okay, it explains why there's only one. Because I do feel like there are people watching the movie who think, well, aren't there usually more aliens? Mm. Uh, and. But also I dislike because I get I think we get that it's an alien. Opening with the spaceship yes. is a little like, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah I know, that's I know. very, very true. Yeah. Um but it's like their initiation, basically. So he's just collecting parts to take home and show his mom. That's why he shines up a nice skull yeah. later on. Yeah, like I said, he's he's gonna you know, he's gonna bring it home for, for Mama Predator. Yeah. You know, she she could turn it into a vase. Or or a drinking vessel, oh, or, sure. or you know, a nice doorstop. Sure. Well, we see if that in Predator Two when we see the ship, and they're just like, "This is my trophy room. If you like to look at my stuff, 
fantastic. It's, uh, wouldn't it be funny stuff. if wouldn't it be funny if like the predator is like kicking back with a nice impossible burger? <laughs> like, oh, I'm not eating that. Oh. Yeah, it's like, well, you know, I, I, I'm killing these people, and I'm, and I'm like, you know, I'm stripping them of their, you know, the, the flesh and meat off their bones. But I'm not eating them. No, like, gross. gross. Have you tasted human? They're gross. Do you see what you people do? <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> like, oh. Ooh. I mean, you know, you know, Mac probably just like lives on a diet, just literally like smoking a cigar down to the stub and just eating it. I. <laughs> Just munching on it like a pretzel nub. I love that when they all get out of the helicopter, Mac is in a full suit. Like where, yes. where, where did he think he was going? I don't know. He's dressed to the nines. <laughs> Other people have polos on. <laughs> and he's like, I just came from a business meeting. Where did they find a polo shirt to fit Arnold Schwarzenegger in so much as it does? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. The- I, 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 I want to pose a question to the two of you. Um, mm-hmm. A person I follow on Twitter recently watched this movie and stated that he thought that this was the best that Schwarzenegger has ever looked in a movie, and oh. and I I want to I want to see if either of you agree with that. I would agree with that. I would. The, you know, just just the, just the polo shirt. He's smiling at everybody. You know, I, he's doing that now iconic. You know, you know, smacking hands together with Carl Weathers. Having a having a handshake off, I love that. Have you ever done that with anyone, Patrick? Just like beating other, maybe maybe a, a dude that maybe you know, was also interested in Becky around the same time you met her, and like you know, <laughs> hey, how's it going, man? You know, both of you are like, you know, the, do, the, the, the veins are bulging. You know? <laughs> I do like when I when I greet people, just yelling, "You son of a bitch!" <laughs> as loudly as humanly possible. I don't know that this is If they don't stop for a second to, you know, you know, maybe reconsider whether to say hi to you, you know you've been a friend. <laughs> it's too late. We're gripping at that point. <laughs> it's oily gripping. Oh, the best so time. Sweaty. Which is sweatier, <laughs> sweaty. this or Chud? It's, <laughs> well, it's, it's almost like everyone's got the rock disease where they've all baby oiled themselves within an inch of their, their lives. <laughs> Not um, these guys. Well, see, I mean, Predator has a better excuse for being, you know, sweaty because, I mean, yeah, it gets bad here in New mm-hmm. York. It doesn't get in the middle of the jungle bad. Right, <laughs> now, exactly. maybe, maybe maybe Florida gets that bad, it but but moments. New York doesn't get New York doesn't get that bad. Although I would not have been. I, I feel like Chud really lacks from a scene of Daniel Stern just. Idly walking into a scene, dry shaving. Oh my god! Like it just, it just seems like something he would do because he's such a scumbag in it. And and but yeah, oh yeah, you all know my 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 brief moment of, of viral celebrity <laughs> with my, uh, on on Twitter with my making a joke about how the most horrifying part of Predator is Max habit, whether nervous or soothing or otherwise, of dry shaving. Yes, and uh, it weirdly took off. Um, <laughs> many of the comments were from men saying that because he was so sweaty, he was not in fact dry oh shaving. Uh, to which I say, okay, get really sweaty and try to shave and see how well that worked no. out for you. No, 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 no. It's it's gonna hurt, and it's going to. Um, it's not. It's not it, that your skin doesn't like that. It's uh, sweat is not something that's so. It's such a great lubricant that it's going to help you with actual fucking shaving. If I attempted that, my face would fall off, Gina. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, I, I don't think you want to be walking around the jungle with you know, you know, raw, oh. exposed skin on your face. No, no. The very idea of being in something that humid, constantly shaving yourself down as if just your head is going to swim from Britain to France is <laughs> fucking insane. It's what he does because he does not, you know, he does not chew. He has zero chill. He's got no dip. He comes off that that helicopter in a full suit. Like, he must have had a business meeting with his lawyer or something (laughs) like that. And the second he gets into the jungle, he's like, if I find you doing anything wrong, I'm going to kill you real quick. I mean, he's fucking Bill Duke amazing. Oh, my God. I love the phrase, going to bleed you real quiet. (laughs) Going to carve your name into him. (laughs) And the thing is, you fucking believe. Oh yeah, he is. Oh yeah, believable. Yeah, from the from 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 Jump Street, he's got the crazy eyes. Yes. Yeah. It's like this this guy. No, he's strange. You're gonna hire this. You're gonna. Yeah. No. So we before we get to Mac, we do have to talk about former Navy SEAL, former wrestler, former governor, current crackpot Jesse Ventura as Blaine. Um. It's interesting. There's a lot of parallels. It's it's just weird how things come together. We're coming off of just talking about John Carpenter's The Thing, which has a lot of paranoia, which Predator revisits. It's a, you know, The Thing is a completely male cast. This is a mostly male cast. And the (laughs) then on top of that, we have this year we talked about The Running Man on Patreon. And, um... Jesse Ventura, while I don't uh, I don't like him personally, and I kind of don't like him professionally, is 100% a charisma performer. He's both 100% authentic and 200% fake at the same time. <laughs> I mean, he, pretty- he, he like emerged, he emerged from the womb of a professional wrestler. Like that was yes. like he he. That was you talk about someone just born into their chosen profession. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the fact that he had a military background, he talks in special features about this and and in retrospectives, like it was a complete fucking cakewalk. He was watching a bunch of people trying to one up one another. He's like, I'm not involved in this or anything like that. And then he finds out from the wardrobe department that his arm measurements are one inch larger than Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh-oh, oh shit. And he's like, oh, it's on like Donkey Kong. Like, I've got this guy dead to rights, Mr. Olympia. And it turns out that Schwarzenegger had them tell him that and then bet him money who had the bigger arms and his were three inches bigger. (laughs) He's basically set the motherfucker up. And that's why I still like Arnold Schwarzenegger a little bit more to this very day. I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I particularly enjoy that Blaine is such a character in this movie that even the other characters are kind of like, uh-huh. Yeah. (laughs) Dude. Like none of them take him seriously. I ain't got time to bleed. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, you might want to cover that up before it gets infected. Just going to put that out like, there. Maybe not right this very second when we're in a gunfight, but like eventually. Yeah. Like, ooh. Might want to take that down a notch. <laughs> like, why don't uh, you just chill out just a 
for a second. Like, no, okay, we're no. just going to, all right. No, and he's got that, he's got Old Painless, the biggest fucking gun in any goddamn movie. <laughs> and it literally took strapping it to a helicopter in the Matrix to get anywhere close to outdoing it. It is very cool to look at, that gun. As much as I dislike guns as a general rule, this is what, I mean, that's just fucking awesome. What that yeah. gun does. It just turns things into pink mist. <laughs> just a pile of goo. Not, <laughs> just not everything. Disintegrates. Yeah. Sorry, Blaine. It, people become atoms at, at a certain point. Um, but yeah, like none of the squad like ever take any of his threats or self-aggrandizement seriously at all. But he and Max still have a legit relationship. Like, uh, you know, I trust you. We've been through a lot of things. I have genuine good feelings and thoughts about you. But when when shit flies out of your mouth, I just brush it off. They're the uh, yeah. I just want. The, we all want that kind of friendship. Yeah, friendship. We do. I'm just gonna mm-hmm. friendship. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> well, here's a preview, everybody, because <laughs> uh, we're gonna talk about the sexual nature of Predator. Uh, not here though, uh, because we've been told by one reviewer that we're too sexual. So we're gonna take that shit to Patreon, and if you want to hear all the sexy side of Predator. I I mean the really weird shit. Uh, you're gonna have to pony up because we're gonna talk about all of it. Uh, there, it's shit that's gonna peel back your wig, <laughs> peel back your face. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, the predator peels back Blaine's chest, blows it wide fucking open. Um, and he goes out real hard. And then every then Mac comes in like, oh, I'm gonna get my revenge on whatever did that. And they just mow down the forest oh God. for they just shoot the jungle. They shoot the jungle. For like 20 minutes. I don't even know how long that scene is. It's it's a while. And the weird thing is that no actual bullets are fired. They actually have this explosive cord that that you use for to to light off explosives and they just strung it across the uh jungle and lit it all off and it just comes off like wherever it contacts the foliage it just explodes and yeah it goes on for over a minute it's pretty fucking wild and they're like all right see if what we hit out there and like nothing yep. we, we hit nothing i just love that no one stops to think about anything they're just like well we're shooting i'm gonna shoot <laughs> you know, <laughs> these, I, I think it just goes to show you that they trust that if Mac is shooting at somebody and Blaine is dead on the ground, mm. he must have some sort of bead on whoever did this. And so they're just going to they're going to back his play and empty all their guns in this general direction Stop. and assume that whoever is out there is going to be dead. Big pair of glowing and, eyes. <laughs> Which is probably the jankiest thing in this movie. Yeah. In my and estimation. that's the shakiest that the uh, special effect ever gets. Because the scenes where the Predator is, you know, cloaked are so good because it's just such a, I think I see something, but it's. Yeah. 
am I seeing something? Some, some weird, weird little like ripple in the air. Yeah, which is uh, the scene with with uh, Blaine. Uh, not Blaine with Mac later on, where he's just like, it's, you know, it's past there, where you're just like, what, what? Yeah. Oh shit, there is something over there. The hell? Well, there's so many sequences where they just show, you know, the jungle in the background, and you're like, is the predator there? Is the predator not there? They do that enough times where you're not never quite sure where the predator is. He's he's always there in spirit, even if not there in a corporeal form. He's always. He's always with us. <laughs> yes. Cl- clutch your predator sack close to your bosoms because he is always light with your us. light your predator saint candle. <laughs> Do those exist? I mean, um, probably. Yeah, I'm sure Etsy has one somewhere. God. Yeah, that seems like something you could find on Etsy. Note to self. Um, so yeah, Mac then goes into a state of paranoid space delusion from that moment on it's just all well, like whispering said, he, and looking into the, the middle the, distance. The, minute, the minute he shows up on screen he's just kind of hanging by a spread yeah, <laughs> that was it. I, i'm not i'm not sure why he's still part of this uh, elite attack squad blaine, I, I blaine was his thread yeah yes it, it blaine is his safety blanket in in a lot of ways mm-hmm. because he does tell that story later on like to no one by the way oh. where he's like We've been in the jungle and everyone died. It was a, they just became meat and we walked out alone. And you're like, okay, <laughs> who are you telling this to? Just telling nobody. It's like the, telling Blaine's corpse. Telling, <laughs> telling his ghost, to spirit. Well, no, because Blaine's the corpse the gets movie. stolen their noses. <laughs> the predator says, yeah. <laughs> This is mine. <laughs> Gotta take this. Sorry. And then, and then Mac just like literally his brain snaps and he just slaughters 30 to 50 to a single feral hog all at one time. <laughs> and from that moment on, it's just kind of complete nut burger. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, they end up living through the night of their little encampment. Uh, but yes, Blaine's uh, or, uh, body is stolen. And then uh, they, something, they, just, they get a clue that the predator is out there because he's bled. And that's when you get Arnold's line, if it bleeds, we can kill it. And so they hunt after the predator now in the direction of the helicopter pickup. And uh, there's these great scenes with Bill Duke and Carl Weathers where Bill Duke is like, you're not sure if he's just going to kill him out of duty, if he's just going to reach across and slice a, a knife across his neck, or he's just like, well, I need you right now and I'll kill you after. But he's not real happy to be working with Carl Weathers. No, no. No. no, nobody is really. No. no, no, no one likes him. Has has anyone in any movie reacted as alarmed to see a lady as everyone in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a lot of it's a little bit of a he man's, you know, woman haters club in that crew. Like they talk a big talk, but there's also a feeling like it might be all talk. You know what mm. I mean? Like 
no one talks about having a wife and kids at home or anything like that. They've, they, they've got their own mesh shirts to go home to, if you know what I mean. And I think you do. They see that Anna is Anna and they all just like basically drop their guns and go, it's a girl. <laughs> She's going, yeah, like, like I'm a gorilla. Like that's a thing. <laughs> Surprise. Yeah. Let her in here. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I didn't. I saw a sign that said "No girls," but you are clearly here. <laughs> yes, um, and she keeps trying to escape, and she causes about half the deaths in the motion picture. And Arnold Schwarzenegger is like, "Yeah, she's going to cause half of our deaths." I and mean, Carl Weathers like, "We need her." She's just hanging out. Where's she supposed to go? Yes, that's very true. Um, Mac gets his. Face full on exploded. But then later has a face. I have, so I wrote this in my notes. Okay. Cause mm-hmm. I, I write notes. Sure. Um, so one, he looks, which I don't think he would look because he sees the predators like laser sight on his arm. And then mm-hmm. he's like, well, what's that? Let me look like, Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We get an amazing shot of him, his head exploding on the camera. Yes. And, but then when Carl Weathers sees him, his face is looking at him and like, there's no way there's that much of his face left. I agree <laughs> with you. It, one part of that has got to be a reshoot. And I'm guessing it's the face exploding when Stan Winston comes on board that they're like, let's explode a face. You know how to do that, Stan. He's like, give me 10 yeah. minutes and some caro syrup. He's just got it in a bag. He's like, you got an exploding face. <laughs> he's always, he's always got a head to explode. So uh, that's my guess. As I put and, yeah. in my notes, uh, Mac is getting a November rain funeral. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. So in the wedding dress with the exploded head, do you feel like? Uh, yeah. And, and the whole, the whole yes. shebang. So like who, who's like, you know, stand, like sitting at his graveside, just like looking up with like, you know, poetically rain falling on him. I mean, it would have to be Arnold because he's the only one left. <laughs> well, that's true, yeah. With a theater just, tape on, yeah. crying in the I rain. Just, I was going to say, like, somebody tosses us, like, Mac, you know, a, a, a flashback of Mac and Happier Days. He, like, just tosses a, tosses a big razor in the air that it, like, morphs into, like, roses on top of the coffin. Anna's not going because she didn't really know him. She's like, oh, no. I didn't really know you guys, But actually. who's... Uh, so, like, the ghost of Blaine is playing a guitar outside of a church with a top hand? God, okay. please. I hate this. And then Billy is jumping through a, a cake made of bones, I suppose. <laughs> Why not? Um, so that brings us to Dylan Carl Weathers. And, um, like, it, it just, you just, the movie's fucking stacked with charisma. There's just a lot of charisma on display here. And Carl Weathers just doesn't get the due that he's owed. I I think like when he was, you know, sort of brought back into the popular culture with Arrested Development and Baby, You Got a Stew going on. People are like, Carl Weathers, everyone. Like we have Carl Weathers and um, I don't think he's, given quite the status that he is owed in terms of his personality and what he was like in the eighties. He's both larger than life and very home on earth. And he's given the hardest task 
of the entire film. That is to be viewed as capable, slightly out of his element, and duplicitous all at the same time. That's a lot to put on one actor in what is as ostensibly a movie of meatheads getting blown apart by an alien. And he does it. Like he comes across as a contemporary, as someone you don't trust. And like, he's fucking great in this movie. Yeah. No, he is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's, I think it's easy to forget every time until I watch Predator that mm-hmm. he was also jacked. Yeah. Because it's just one of those things that yeah. I, I know that. It's like, oh, obviously, you know, like I know that. But I watch, you know, The Mandalorian and I'm like, hey, he's not jacked. Like, it's Grogu's <laughs> grandpa. Like, come on. <laughs> sure. Yes. And I, I like that he's come back, that people are, are really trying to remind the world that Carl Weathers was one of our greatest. And I don't, I know we try not to be horny on Maine on this show. But he's really fucking hot in this movie. Everyone, <laughs> he's, he's the hottest dude in this movie. Yeah, he, he's probably the easiest. He's probably the easiest on on the eyes really? of. Uh, I mean, smile. No, I mean he's very I mean, handsome. But I personally think Poncho is the handsomest. Okay, for myself. Sure. I mean, he's yeah. He's he has a very he has a TV handsomeness, which which is understandable considering like most of Richard Chavez's career was on TV, but in terms of like daddy material, Carl Weathers. I, I do like that the uh, the the sitcom style you know, introduce reintroducing all the characters and yeah. credit sequence. I do like the wink at the camera, like "Hey, thanks for watching <laughs> that's, me." That's probably what did it. I'll be honest. It's probably every time I watch it, it's probably that wink. It's like, "Oh, Pancho." <laughs> Golly, I mean, even even Shane Black was like kind of a cutie in that. He's like looking yeah. up for his comic book. Hey, hi, yeah. I'm in this too. Meanwhile, I don't think Arnold knew that's what they were doing. No one told him he'd no. already left. Yeah, no, they just, they just use they just use an outtake from yeah, the from he, the movie already. Where everybody else, where everybody's all like, yeah, we're dead now. Yeah. <laughs> and McTiernan's like, we're gonna do this thing where we say goodbye to the whole case. Like, I don't do that. I'm off to my next movie. Yeah, he was done. Yeah. Uh, Carl Weathers or Dylan rather loses an arm and then gets uh, stabbed to death with uh, the predator's uh, Wolverine claws. It's a wrist gauntlet. Uh, it's lifted off the ground by an invisible man. It's a wrist gauntlet. Okay. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, so let us move on to uh, Billy, uh, played by Sonny Landon. Uh, Sonny uh, had previously uh, worked on uh, another film for the producers called 48 Hours. He's really great in, in that role. Uh, a film that is excellent. Filled to the brim with casual racism, but that being said, it's a great movie, and he's really great in it. He, but he, he has one of the worst reputations in Hollywood. He was married five times, and he ran to the right of Mitch McConnell in Kentucky. So that's what he is, everybody. Uh, and that being said. He is fucking charismatic as fuck whenever he is on screen. Mm-hmm. It's it's amazing that all this wattage is playing. And if it just doesn't, I don't I don't understand when you when we started going through these reviews, why no one watching this is like, wow, that's a really engaging performance. Maybe I should 
give them the benefit of the doubt and like, no, there's a special effect. P.U. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it took a very long time, like probably well into the 90s before action movies were regarded as anything other than, you know, big, dumb, loud wastes of time. Yeah. You know, I, I don't even know what, what, I don't even know if I can name off the top of my head what movie might have changed that. But, you know, even, even if actors really were giving their all and giving, you know, memorable performances, playing characters that stuck with you, you know, critics were very, and, and same thing could be true of horror movies where, yes. You know, critics were very short-sighted and focusing more on what the movie was about and what kind of genre it was, uh, and, and you know, rather than paying attention to, okay, are these memorable characters who make an impression on Sufrio the you know, probably limited time they're on screen because more often than not they end up getting killed off, you know, or are you going to focus on? Well, I don't like these kinds of movies where people you know go up and blow up a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and. Uh, Sonny has that, you know, I think it's a bit of a trope, um, but I, I, from what I've heard, Prey is kind of paying homage to that character in a sense okay. of trying to take the, you know, indigenous character, the First Nations sort of cast and trying to make those people real in a predator movie. And I have a lot of hope for it to be that I would love for it to be that. I, uh, but we'll see. Love that they did avoid. There is no mystical music. Whenever yes. Billy is. Yeah, no, 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 pan, no pan flutes or no. anything. <laughs> I mean, they paid for that theme and they're going to use that theme. Yes. Uh, they've got three things. <laughs> there it is. And they're going to use them all. But I, I've always been very grateful for that because I feel like it would have been very easy for them to do just just a little just a little mystical pan flute just a little tiny bit sure. when he's looking out into the jungle. Yeah, there was no. He, yeah, he didn't give any kind of like monologue about you know once my people told stories about. Mm. No, know? I mean they, there is that monologue, but Anna gets it. Anna gives it. Yes. Yeah. Much yeah, later yeah. than it could have helped anyone. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly, Anna is like, "By the way, this happens all the time." <laughs> Yeah. By the way, we all know this happens. <laughs> like we have a name uh, for it. This is what it yeah. does. We don't know where it comes from, but yeah. it happens all the time. Yes. Um. Anyways, we'll get to her. Uh, let's talk about uh, Megan Sweetie Poncho, yeah. um, who uh, literally knows the instant he hears the cabinet ministers story he's like this is bullshit we all know this is bullshit right (laughs) he reads that room very quickly no one listens to him um he gets smashed in the chest with the giant log and he's like i can make it spoiler alert he does not (laughs) make it um also spoiler alert i just learned that he's in night eyes too so Stay tuned for Kill by Kill After Dark when it returns. We're, we're going to have to hit Night Ice 2 now, Gina. Okay. Is, is it still, uh, are we still talking uh, Andrew Stevens here? Or yes, is he only he's Night Eyes 1? Okay. No, they're, both of them are back for the sequel, and Richard Chavez is in it. So now, now we have an extra reason to bring back uh, After Dark. Um, and so those are all the people who kind of die with the exception of the predator, but we talked about Kevin Peter Hall. Um, 
there are survivors. We have the aforementioned Anna who suffers from a serious case of mute woman syndrome up until the point where they need her to tell everyone there's a backstory. So that's the one kind of janky part of this. Um, of note, she still works to this day. She, she's going to have a movie that comes out next year. Um, and previous to this, uh, she had worked both in English and Spanish language uh, TV and movies. And I remember her most from Oliver Stone's Salvador, uh, a movie uh, when she gives the best performance in the movie, which is hard to say given that you get to watch James Woods and Jim Belushi get smacked around and tortured, which is very fun. <laughs> I've come around on Jim Belushi, but when people hit James Woods, I'm like, yay. It's just, it, it just feels right. Hit him again. Hit him right. again. <laughs> Harder. <laughs> um, and of course, Dutch Arnold Schwarzenegger. Now we were talking earlier um, about, is this the best he's ever looked? I will come right out and say, I think in my estimation, this is actually the best he's ever acted. Yes. I think this is when he figures out how to act on screen because he's stiff in Conan the Barbarian. He's an emotionless robot in Terminator. Those are things he can do. But whenever he's asked to like, look like you're in love with this impossibly beautiful woman. He's like, <laughs> it's just, it doesn't work. And here he's like smiling and engaged and listening to the person he's having a scene with it. It's he, he figures it out. And this is the, his first great performance. And for whatever reason, people just didn't like hit in commando, Gina, let's, let's cast our mind back. Like he he has to be reminded to breathe a lot of that movie. He, yes. Like he's supposed to care for this child, and half the time you're like, "Why is he doing this again?" Oh yeah, his daughter was kidnapped, but you could almost forget that because he never displays an "Oh no, I got to get back to my daughter" emotion throughout most of that movie. Uh, my my favorite part of the of the uh, of that of. of- of commando is the montage at the beginning of him trying to act like a regular dad. <laughs> oh my that's God. like, that's, that's, I just love it so much. Somebody posted just a clip of that online. I watched like six times in a row. <laughs> so, when, 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 he, when, like, when he's trying, he's trying to make small talk with her about like, why do they call him boy George? He looks like a girl. <laughs> why does he do that? Huh? Like, are you, who are you talking to? What when he yeah. when she bops him in the nose with that ice cream cone and he looks like I'm going to murder you. Like that's the first genuine emotion he has, and it's not the emotion you want. And he doesn't eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich convincingly in that sequence. Like he's it's, good. he's teaching her, trying to teach her karate, wearing these little tiny shorts. Oh <laughs> I mean, he looks, that is another movie where he, he looks good, but he does not act good at all. It's just, he's stiff as fuck. And here he just, he's, he has an inner life. He actually seems to have a, a character mm-hmm. that he's playing. It may not be entirely removed from him, but he's actually developed a movie star persona to actually attach his performance to based on what he does here. 
I would also say that I think it's one of his best characters, even though you wouldn't think it's much of a character. But there's, like you said, there's there's a lot. You believe that this is a guy who, these are these are his guys. Like you know when he tells yes. Stella, like my men are not expendable. You yes. know you believe it. It's not just my men are not expendable. It's like, like fuck you. Like these are real people and these are my people. And yeah. whereas I think by say like sabotage it's like you don't know who any of these people are right <laughs> yes uh he just he loses his verve for caring about human life uh, i'm not entirely sure he's been able to revive that in a motion picture i think he's been able to revive that in his life um so that's good i wish he had done that when he ran for governor um but uh he got that little whatever. horse or whatever it is yeah He's got, he's got that little horse. He cares for that little horse, all right. Um, the end of this movie is fucking fantastic. We could talk about it for hours and hours, but ultimately, everyone knows what happens. He Kevin McAllister's his way into killing a fucking alien. Uh, it's great. <laughs> the alien's like, it's, by the way, did you know I have a bomb? <laughs> Just, I am surprise. a bomb. <laughs> I got a bomb. So you, you thought you won, but honestly, when I lose, I also kind of win. He's like, oh, no. And he <laughs> runs as fast as he can from a nuclear fucking explosion. Also, and of course, he, he I lives. type like the Predator because I have the same nails. So it's like, I totally get that. Look at you with your little tap screen. I get it. I feel it, buddy. You and me, friend. So, um, just like, are just, there memes like, where the predator is, has long nails, like they put all the Avengers with long nails? I don't know. On Twitter, I kind of, unfortunately, I'm not really part of like internet the predator like fandom because, well, to be fair, it's a lot of dudes, and sometimes mm-hmm. it's a little like, what do you yeah. know? You're a girl, like um. <laughs> I know all about his mesh top. I know all about his like, mesh top. Do you need and planet he's from. Like, you know. <laughs> well, you're going to tell everyone exactly what you know uh, and where you learned it from on Patreon. Uh, uh, um, but, but before we get to that, uh, we have to choose our own death venture. That's where we decide of the 30 billion deaths in this motion picture. Uh, <laughs> If you were forced to die that way, which one would you choose and why? Up for bid, we have die in a helicopter crash get skinned alive, get shot a million times, or get shot and then blown up a million times. How about death by machete to the chest and then told to quip? That's hard to take. Um, openly slashed across the face, lasered through the heart, um, death by swinging log eventually, uh, laser head explosion, uh, disarmed and gutted, um, whatever happens to Billy, I don't know. Maybe he gets a big hug. We never fucking find out. We us. just hear his scream. Yeah. Uh, well, that's right. He kind of pulls out his his spine and skull at the end. So I'm, I'm assuming he was dead before that. He was already dead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, laser to the head. And of course, uh, dying a nuclear explosion. So uh, Megan, you're our guest. And so that means you go first. Uh, I am choosing dying a nuclear explosion because he goes out laughing. Yeah. <laughs> like he failed. He's just, he failed his initiation, but you uh-huh. know, he's he's going to take everyone else out with him. 
Do you think he has a little plaque in his spaceship that's like live, laugh, love sort of thing in his home language? Probably. Probably. <laughs> it's another thing. Live, live, laugh, skin. Live, laugh, skulls. It's that meme I made of the predator from Predator 2, you know, thriving in my lane, moisturized. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can see it. Uh, Gina, what say you? You know, I'm going to take uh, uh, Blair's, uh, Blaine's way out because, okay. you know, he's he, he's getting to see, he gets to see a little, 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 little critter. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he's, I don't know what that thing was, a porcupine or something. It was some sort <laughs> sure. of like little furry creature just, you know, and he, and he looks, you know, amused right before mm-hmm. he, you know, takes a cannonball right through the chest. <laughs> but, you know, he, he doesn't really see it coming. It, no. He's just sort of like, he's taken unawares and just dies immediately. So yeah. I, I, I think, I think I, 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 I really want someone just completely lose their mind when I die. Just, just like, <laughs> just snap and then spend, you know, their limited time left on this planet talking about the good times with me. Sure. I just, that's, 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 I just, I want that. Leaving you with a little flask of hooch in your pocket. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, uh, if someone, if, 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 you know, if I get stolen and, you know, skinned or eaten or my skull made into a trophy, that's fine. I'm not going to know. I'll be dead. What is your tolerance for chewing tobacco? Because there's a lot mm. of chewing tobacco in your. That is true. Time. I mean, I probably yeah. already have, you know, be a jaw cancer or something, but, you know, I, you know, it's a small price to pay. Oh, you get a kicky hat. So mm. you got that yeah, going for you. Exactly. Nice mustache. That's cool. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I think I'm gonna go with turned into pink mist uh when I'm I'm in a tree. <laughs> I those people don't exist very long. They just uh get atomized and I like it. Um I would like to die in a tree. Sure, why not? <laughs> Uh, I don't like heights, but there's something about it that's appealing to me. I'm a mystery. Um, that just about does it. You know, Josh Hollis does all of our artwork. A Revenge Body uh, does our music. Go to band, uh, to Revenge Body Memphis at Bandcamp for an entire album of remixes. Uh, until further notice, all the profits and proceeds from the sale of that album will be going to Memphis Choices, uh, a uh, foundation in uh, Memphis that helps people uh, get the health care they so rightly deserve. Megan, um, you're our guest. Tell people where, where they can hear and see more from you. I am the co-host of Let's Get Weirding, a Dune podcast, where my co-host, Bo North, and I are reading Frank Herbert's Dune series, chapter by chapter. We are three chapters till the end of Children of Dune. Uh, and I am also a staff writer at The Spool, where I review movies and TV. And you can find me on Twitter at MP Sunday, where I make Predator memes. Yes. And talk about Star Wars. You. And you're very good Thank at that. Uh, uh, Gina, where can people find you and these here internets? I write about television and movies at thespool.net. I am also working on a little side project uh, with our friend of the show, uh, Joe Lipsit and Jen Adams, who is a wonderful podcaster and writer. It's called White Ladies in Crisis. Uh, we have been currently covering the uh, little scene, tragically, Apple TV series Physical. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can look for us there. Um and I am also on Twitter under Gina Does Things, where I spend most of my day talking to Megan back and forth, honestly. <laughs> so if you uh, if you want a little taste more of, of what you're getting here, find us there. 
Yes, it's it's that. It's a little bit of our text thread that we have constantly going. It's just online for everyone to see. Uh, you can rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice. We greatly appreciate it. That would be super nice if you did that. Uh, you know, uh, find us on Twitter, uh, on Facebook, through the group, uh, the Instagrams. Uh, we do it all on Patreon. We have lots of fun stuff to listen to, including we're talking about Halloween 2, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, the grimiest Halloween 2, which is saying something. And that just about does it. Uh, don't worry, folks. The body count will continue. Join us on Patreon for sexy predator times. Uh, for myself, for Gina, and for Megan. Bye, everybody. Bye. From the depths of space, Dracula has devised his most dastardly plan yet, turning the residents of a small American town into his personal army of vampire zombies. Now it's up to a motley crew to band together and save the world from vampire zombies. From Space, an upcoming comedy feature film that satirizes and pays homage to B-movie horror and sci-fi films of the 1950s. A mix of Ed Wood, Mel Brooks, and South Park. Now's your chance to get involved with this gut-busting, laugh-out-loud gore-fest by backing our film on Kickstarter. Not only are you helping to bring this film to life, but you can snag some killer rewards. T-shirts, Blu-rays, and even cameo in the film. Visit VampireZombiesMovie.com and click the Kickstarter button. That's VampireZombiesMovie.com. <laughs>